Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. So this morning, I'm going to get into our message, uh, Philippians chapter 3. The title of this message is Going Forward, Going Forward. Uh, Verses 12 through 14 is my text, and we've read the passage there. And we find from the very beginning here in verse 12, I I want to just establish one thing real quick uh, before we get into the points here. He talks about, you, you find him here talking about verse 12, attaining something. Uh, later he talks about going after something, reaching forward. He talks about a prize in this passage. So what is he seeking or what is he reaching for? What is he going after? Uh, I think the answer is found in verse 11. He says, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That's interesting. He's talking about the future of the resurrection of the dead when God's going to resurrect. Uh, you know, all, you know, the living and the dead. Uh, the dead, he's going to resurrect those that will go to heaven with him. And that's what he's looking at. That's what he's focusing on. This tells us his, his focus is in the future. Alright, he, he's moving forward. He's focusing in the future. Talking about the time when his soul is going to be reunited with his body. Uh, at that time, you know, we're going to receive a glorified body, the Bible teaches. A perfect body. Uh, that means a perfect mind. Uh, a perfect body, everything's going to be perfect, and God's going to give us that. And that's something He is looking towards and what He's going after. I want to point out that this passage is not about salvation. Okay, now salvation is the most important thing in the world. Make sure you're saved, make sure you've accepted Christ as your Savior, because uh, that's basically. It. You need to take care of that before you take care of anything else. Make sure you, you understand you're a sinner and you've repented and believed on Jesus Christ. Now, this passage here is about someone who's already saved, running a race. The picture is of a, a person running a race. And Paul here is alluding to the, the runners or the racers in the old Olympic Games during the, the Greek time is what he's alluding to. Uh, those who are running and going forward and going after a prize. And so the picture we have in this passage is a picture of a believer running a race meaning you're already in the race you're saved you're already in the race you're running the race now and so uh, as far as a, a runner in the race during this time if they if they failed they didn't lose their citizenship they just didn't get the prize and so that's the point of the passage here we're not talking about gaining salvation or losing salvation we're talking about gaining as we'll see here in a minute a crown a prize. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 9. I want to just establish this this morning. So as we go forward, we, we really understand what he's talking about, what he's seeking. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'll begin reading in verse 24. He says, Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. Then he says, so run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. And then he goes on to say, therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. Basically, the, the prize is an incorruptible crown. An incorruptible crown. Some would call it the crown of life. The crown for the believer. It's attaining a prize uh, here's the best way I can put it. You know, the Bible talks about, in Revelation, laying down our crowns before Christ. Uh, this is talking about a, a crown where Christ looks and says, well done, 
a good and faithful servant. Well done. That's the crown here, the crown of life. Now, obviously, he's saying, that's what I want. I want to live on earth so that way, when I stand before Christ, not only he knows he's accepted, but Christ approves of his life. And so, let's go forward with that thought here. Let's consider Paul's pursuit. Let's go over to Philippians again, back to Philippians chapter 3. And I have four thoughts for you this morning. And I'm going to run through these quickly. Four thoughts uh, from this passage on going forward. Because in life, uh, we're starting a new year this year, and we want to go forward. We want to go forward. Here's my first thought for you this morning is, he confessed his shortcomings. A confession of shortcomings. Notice he says in verse 12, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that, if that I may apprehend that, for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Notice his shortcomings were were confessed. In other words, Paul didn't believe he had already attained, or that he had already reached the level that he could say, Hey, I'm there. What we find here is Paul realized he was not perfect. Paul realized there was something else in front, out there, that he could reach forward and get. Now that word attain, that means to arrive at a goal or to win a prize. That's what that word means. And he's saying, I haven't received my prize yet. I haven't attained the goal that I want to attain. Uh, Yes, he was saved. He was already saved. God had already saved his soul. So he's not talking about reaching salvation. What he's talking about is his spiritual maturity level going forward. Let me give you a few thoughts here. He wasn't satisfied with his Christian life. He wasn't satisfied with where he was. Now, self-satisfaction can be dangerous to a Christian. Now, we ought to be content in God's will for our life. The Bible teaches that. But as far as self-satisfaction, we've got to be careful with that. I don't think any Christian should ever be satisfied with their knowledge of God. I don't know about you, but I can always know more about God. And I want to know more about God. I want to know more about who He is and what He has done and what He, what he can do in my life. So we read the Scriptures. Also, I don't think we can ever get to the point, or we should never get to the point, where we're satisfied with our prayer life. I can always pray more. And it's not just for me, I can pray for others. I can always pray more for somebody else. I can always pray more that God will bless. So we should never get satisfied with our prayer life. Another one is we we should never be satisfied with our service to God. You know, Jesus told the apostles that the fields are white to harvest... Well, they're still white to harvest today. And so we, ne- we should never get satisfied with being a witness. There's always someone out there we can tell about Christ. Always someone we can lead to Christ. And so Paul, I think, understood that there, there was a level he hadn't reached yet. That he could keep going forward and, and should continue. Now, he also uses the word perfect here. He says uh, that already attained. He says either were already perfect. The word perfect means completed. Uh, finished is what the word means. Uh, the implication here is that nothing is wanting, that he, he's complete. Well, Paul didn't claim to be perfect. He didn't say, I'm complete, I'm a perfect Christian. Uh, no, actually to the contrary. He's saying, I got much more that I can do. There, there's much more I can strive for. And that's what this passage is about. So this morning, here's my thought for you. First, be willing to evaluate your life. It's good to do that in the beginning of the year. Evaluate your life. Uh, ask God to evaluate your life. And here's a few ways you can evaluate. You can say, well, have I, have I grown spiritually this past year? Or, 
look forward and say, how can I grow more spiritually this year? You know, we evaluate a lot of things. We evaluate maybe business. We evaluate perhaps, you know, finances. We evaluate a lot of... Evaluate your spiritual life this year. And then make some goals. Folks, I think it's good to make goals. You know, when we don't make goals, then what ends up happening is often it's easy just to stop. But when you have a goal, something you want to reach for, then go for that. That's what Paul's doing here. He says, there's a goal out in front of me. And that's a goal that we can all have, is reaching forward, walking with Christ, and growing closer to Him. Here's my second one here. Notice the certainty of aim. The certainty of aim. And this is found in verse 12. He says, uh, he already says here, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But then he says here, but I follow after, that if I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Notice he, his direction now. This is the certainty of his aim or his direction. First he says, I'm going to follow after. That word actually means to pursue. It means to pursue. To go after an object, to strive to obtain it, uh, to push forward. It, it actually refers to a steady pursuit. Uh, in the Greek language back then, it was a word that was often used to, uh, for those who hunted. They would use this word as far as in their hunt uh, for prey. And that's what he, the word he uses here as far as his walk forward. He says, I pursue it. I want to be steady with this. I want to be disciplined. I am going to be dedicated in my walk forward or as I go forward with God. And the implication here is he could see this prize. He knew what he wanted. And now he's going to focus on getting it. And the word apprehend, as far as apprehended, it means to, to take something, to seize it. Uh, one person says it's to eagerly take it, to be very aggressive in taking it. And Paul says, hey, this is something I can get. I want to get this. Have you ever thought about what you want in life? How about going forward this year? Spiritually, what do you want? You want to grow closer to God? Uh, do you want to get to the point where you're just your relationship is strong with the Lord? Or continue a strong relationship with God. Uh, and so what we find here is he decided he wanted this. But notice what he says. And this is interesting. He says, uh, talking about himself, he says that he was already apprehended of Christ. And he tells us this in verse, uh, at the end of verse 12. He says, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended for Christ Jesus. So Paul says, I'm going after this, which I can get. I can apprehend. I, I want to seize and get. But then he turns around and says... It's something that I've already been, I'm apprehended by Christ. In other words, I've already been captured by Christ. I've already been caught by Christ. That's, that's the, the thought here, that he's already been seized by Christ as a prize. Now let that sink in. When I was studying this for a while back, getting ready for this message, that's something that just touched my heart. And I, I hadn't planned on using it in the message, but let me just share a thought with you to, to take with you this year. If you're saved, you have been seized or captured by Christ. Isn't that a wonderful thought? That's how much he loves you. He went after you. He got you. And now you belong to him. He's, you, you are his. That, that, that just tells you how much he loves you. You belong to him. And that's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, I've already been captured by Christ. And I've been captured to go forward now and to attain that prize. Not to live for myself. Not to chase the, the prizes of the world. But to chase what God has for me. And because of this, Paul was now eagerly going forward after what Christ had. And so that's what he did. He's going forward. And let me give you another thought here. Notice the focus he had. Notice the focus. And we find this here uh, in verse 13. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. So he, he again says, Hey, I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't reached the pinnacle. I'm not where I want to be. And then he says here, But this one thing I do. 
Notice this one thing I do. We're talking about a certainty of aim here. He's got focus. He's not saying there's a whole bunch of things I want to do. I have discovered in my life when I have a whole bunch of things I want to do, usually nothing gets done or very little gets done. When I have a goal, when I narrow it down and say, I want to get this done, then I tend to get it done. He has a focus. He says, this one thing I do. Now, we're, we're talking about a, an allusion to athletes here, racers, runners. You know, today, our modern-day athletes, for the most part, if they've reached the, the level of professional level, one, they're specialized. There are very few two-sport athletes. Very few. And even within the sport they play, you find a specialty. Positions. Uh, they'll play one position. You, you get to the top level, very few play more than one position. When it happens, there's always an exception. And when it happens, uh, it's kind of exciting to see that because it's rare. But for the most part, they focus on one position, one area of expertise that they can better themselves at. See, they got that focus, that goal. You, you could carry that probably into the business world too, in your personal life. Hey, there, there's just one, I want to focus on this. Well, we should carry it over to our spiritual life too. There's an area we need to really focus on. And that area is going forward, seeking God's glory, living for Christ, being Christ-like. That's what this is talking about. We get to the point where we attain that prize. When we stand before the Lord, he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That we have served him and lived for him. So that that was his focus. And if you'll notice, uh, when you read through the scriptures, nothing, nothing distracted him from this. I mean, Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was put in prison. Paul was whipped, but he kept going forward for Christ. You see, he had that goal. He had that purpose, that aim. Also, there were no detours. We don't read of Paul taking a break saying, well, you know, I'm not going to serve the Lord this year. I'm not going to serve the Lord this month. No, he served the Lord every single day of his life. There was a purpose there. There was a direction. There was a focus. And I want to encourage you this year to, to focus on the Lord. Make that a priority in your life, to serve God. Uh, here's the next thought I have for you this morning. And that, I'll, I'll call it the curtained past. The curtained past. And I'll develop that here uh, as we go forward as far as why I called it the curtained past. It says in verse 13, uh, he says, uh, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Notice he says, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting. That, that word for forgetting means to loose, to lose out of mind. Okay? It's not referring to what we would call memory failure or failing to remember. It's not referring to that. This is referring to someone purposely not focusing on something, losing it out of their mind, so to speak. In other words, it means someone is not influenced or affected by the past. Oh, the past is there. It's not saying you can't forget it. It's saying you're not going to focus on it. Let me give you an example. In, in Hebrews chapter 10, if you're taking notes, Hebrews chapter 10, I'll just give you an example. And it says in verse 16, this is talking about God. It says here in Hebrews 10, verse 16, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And then notice verse 17, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. You know, when you're forgiven, this falls into that category. Your sins will be remembered no more. Now, here's the thought I have for you. Uh, I don't think God suffers memory loss. 
God is perfect. He can't suffer memory loss. So the teaching in that passage, same word, means God is no longer going to remember those sins. He's not going to hold them against you. Because anyone who's been saved has been forgiven. And also, their sin in this passage of Hebrews will not have influenced God's attitude toward them. You see, he is choosing, basically, to forget those because you've been forgiven. Now, that's a wonderful message I may preach in the future on God's forgiveness. How he doesn't hold those things against us anymore. He forgives us. Well, that's the same word. That's what we find here. That word, too, as far as the past, obviously it's not teaching you that you're to forget everything or try to wipe your mind clean. It's teaching you're not going to be affected by those today. You're not going to let the past dictate your life right now. Your decisions aren't going to be determined by what's happened in the past. They're going to be determined by you going forward with Christ. What's best today? How God's leading you right now? And that's the, the thought we have here. Paul's basically saying, I am going to determine not to let the past direct my life today. And that's something I want to encourage you with in this new year. Because, you know, we all have things in the past that if we dwell on will discourage us, or if we think on will affect us today. I want to encourage you to live for God today. Go forward. Uh, of course, remember the past. There's nothing wrong with remembering. There's nothing wrong. Obviously, we should learn from the past. Take those lessons and apply them as we go forward. But let's live today and let's go forward. Uh, also, when you think about the past, th- those are distractions that are there. What we find here is Paul saying, I'm not going to let the past be a distraction to me. I'm not going to let it keep me from what God wants me to do today. I'm not going to let it prevent me from doing what God wants me to do now. You know, uh, there are people, and maybe it's happened to you, where you did not do something because of what happened in the past. Maybe you're afraid to go make a decision or do something because maybe in the past you were rejected. Or something happened in the past that was negative. And so that affected you on making a decision in the future or, or in the present. That's the thought here. In other words, yeah, you may have had a difficult time with something in the past or rejection, but it doesn't mean that God's going to allow that to happen again. God may give you what you're looking for. God may open doors that he didn't open in the past. You see, you go forward with God, and you learn from the past, but don't live in the past. And that's what we find. Now, as far as direction, notice what he says. Uh, He uses a phrase here uh, that's a, a phrase for athletes. He says here, these things which are behind, and then he says, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. That, that phrase, reaching forth, means it refers literally to stretching. As in a race, not, not stretching before the race, but when an athlete or a racer is getting to the finish line, have you ever seen them stretch out? They stretch out to try crossing? That's what this is referring to. Uh, stretching out, trying to reach forth to be as far forward as possible. And that's what he says here. He goes, I'm reaching forth. In other words, I am going forward in life. I'm going to move forward with this. Here's a few thoughts on moving forward. You know, you tend to move faster when you go forward, right? Especially when you look forward. You ever tried to walk, you know, put your head back and try to walk? You go too fast, you might run into something real quick. You tend to slow down. You move faster. Also, you move more efficiently when you're looking forward. Uh, If you try to look backwards and walk again, who knows what's going to happen. But when you're looking forward and you walk, you can move around obstacles uh, and you can move more efficiently. And then the third one is you can move in the right direction if you're looking forward because you know where to go. You're looking forward. See, those are thoughts that I think we find here, reaching forth. Look forward. 
Go, go, go forward in life. And yes, learn from the past, but don't look backwards. Uh, you know, when you think of the, the runner, the racer, they, they were taught, even today, you, you see racers are taught not to look back when they're running. They're faster when they go forward. And you want them to go forward. I know working with children through the years, playing sports, uh, it's interesting, you know. I think it's just natural for kids playing baseball or softball when they run the bases to look back or look all around. And coaches have to get them to focus to, no, run forward, look at the next base, and then keep going. Because it's natural looking all around, maybe seeing a mom or dad's watching or see what's going on over here instead of focusing forward. And when they do that, they slow down or you get your funny, memorable moments of them missing a base or doing something else. Well, you know, in life, we want to go forward, and that's the right direction. So go forward. Here's my final thought, and that's a concentration of effort. Notice what he says here. Here's how he wraps it up, and here's how we're going to wrap it up this morning. In verse 14, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. First, press. The word means to pursue intently, to follow after. Press. He goes, I'm going to pursue this. This is an intense endeavor, is what this is referring to. An intentional move forward. He's going to do this. You don't, you're not going to go forward if you don't move. That's the thought here. He says, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to, I'm going to go. I'm going to live for Christ. Uh, here's a few thoughts on this. You're not going to read the Bible unless you determine you're going to do it. You're not going to pray unless you determine, I'm going to talk to God. You're not going to be a witness unless you determine, I'm going to share the gospel with somebody. See, we must pursue. We must go forward. We must determine this is what we're going to do. I encourage, I challenge you this morning. In your walk with God, to make some decisions this year, to, to pursue the things of God, and to go forward like, like Paul would here with, with some intensity. Uh, now, there are two extremes when we serve the Lord we've got to be careful of. And the first one is we, we get to the extreme of where I think I've got to do it all. That's self-confidence. You don't have to do everything. And here's the second extreme when you say, well, God must do it all. Actually, that leads to sluggishness, where we begin to become lazy and just say, well, God's going to do it. Uh, you know, there has to be balance. And here's the balance here. I want to encourage you to do whatever God has called you to do. And let God take care of the rest. And what God has called you to do, you do to the best of your abilities. You say, Pastor, what's God called me to do? Well, each one's different. Some God has called into the ministry. Some God's called to a mission field. You know, be foolish for a missionary who's called to England to spend his time in Africa. And vice versa. Whatever God's called you to do, you go do it with God full speed. We all have responsibilities in life. Some of us are married. We have responsibilities to our spouse. We have families. We have responsibilities to our children or to our parents, maybe. Uh, maybe at work you have responsibilities. See, whatever God has called you to do, do it to the best of your abilities. Do it so you glorify God. Pursue it intently this year. And let God be glorified, and God will bless you. And that's what Paul's doing here. Notice what he says, the prize. He, he finishes it here. He says, for the, toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now that word mark is a goal, and the high calling is the end result, basically. He's saying, I'm pushing towards this. I'm pushing towards this, and I want to finish my race with Christ. You know, to me, there's nothing more sad uh, than to either read, hear, or discover what I would call a Christian, someone who may be claimed to be saved, who I hope is saved, who you find not living for God anymore. 
And some of you may know that. I have met some where, and some shocked me, where I thought, wow, I thought they were, you know, serving the Lord. And I don't know their heart. I don't know what's going on. But it's sad to see them just not running the race anymore, not involved, not going forward. And often I've found there's a lot of discouragement involved in their lives. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. We can go forward with Christ. So here's the conclusion. The goal, heaven with God. The goal, living for the Lord. You know, for Paul, you think of it this way, his happiness was not in the world. His happiness was not in finding things or getting things. And he traveled the world. His happiness was in God. His happiness was seeking the Lord. And this year, uh, I hope to be happy, and I hope you're happy, and I hope you're seeking God in your life. You see, we need to go forward. We need to keep moving forward. Uh, You know, in this world, there's going to be some difficulties. There's going to be some hurts. There's going to be some problems. You may have some problems of the past. Well, leave those there and go forward. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.